0: Welcome to Green Light, a fan-led podcast that aims to bring an open quarter to about cannabis to all of our Tearoa New Zealand. Young, old, big or small, we want to hear what you have to say about cannabis. That's uh, that's coming from a direct relationship with the plant where, where you're basically doing everything yourself. Eh? Just uh, taking care of nutrition, taking care of irrigation, taking care of uh, ambient control, taking care of all of these things that come with uh, indoor growing of any plant actually, not just cannabis, um, tomatoes and lettuce and all of these things. Uh, and you're talking about electric conductivity and you know, there's all of this terminology. That actually, I, I was too hoja when I when I started studying cannabis growing on my own to, to go into the indoor thing. And then I just went through like, how oh, natural is better, sun-grown cannabis. Um, mm. But apart from that, Those are roles that can be um, divided by, so you you have a a nutrition specialist, right? So if you're someone that just engages with cannabis grow and just gets really in love with the way that cannabis interacts with different um, kind of regimes of nutrition, and then you become an expert on that, you know, and then you have your your mate that's all about uh, pest uh, control and And developing integrated pest management programs, and then they they're the expert on that, and then you get your your mate that's all about the media in which it's growing, and then you um you uh create your own soil you create your own uh strata in which you where you grow your your plants and then all of these different things all of these different roles are jobs that people can get and teach and pass on and it it becomes in, in, when when i I hear people talking about the cannabis industry. I feel that they're just picturing this black market, teeny house drug pusher that's just going to now come into the front of a of a store and just, you know, the, the store is going to be called black market legalized when we're, we're talking really about a whole set of activities and jobs that, that will be open for people to get qualified, paid for, you know, have social security, have uh, housing, have, you know, a better life from it. We're talking about uh, distribution. We're talking about transport. We're talking about retail. We're talking about education. We're talking about all of these things, you know, research, development. And that's what we talk about when we talk about legalizing cannabis is taking the plant out of a teeny house and the uh, underground indoor grow to now you can actually grow it outdoors and make it natural and uh, bypass all of these chemicals and these pesticides and all of these things that make it dangerous for your children to consume cannabis and yourself because let's be honest there's a lot of uh, adults uh, consuming cannabis and and being a little bit um coy and hypocritical about it and meth too you know uh, and all of these sorts of su- substances so the the horizon just expands from from being this terrible terrible drug abuse stigma that we've been taught to believe from just propaganda and and it creates a legitimate stream of life expansion and exploration for heaps and heaps of people that will make it safe for everyone to just not even consume, but engage with this plant in a, in a healthy way. And that's just talking about cannabis. If you, if you think of hemp, the amount of innovation that's kind of been done overseas with hemp, there's people that are actually looking into making hemp batteries and superchargers and stuff like that, that, that would allow for us to, uh, let's say, and I'm very, very optimistic here, bypass mining lithium and other um scarce uh, or rare metals to use for our new sustainable green energy sources that we're talking about but that would end up destroying the environment somewhere else if we were to innovate enough with these new technologies with hemp we'll be able to not only have uh, hemp batteries but also uh with the lifting that you extract from hemp you can build um structures that are uh, stronger than steel and then you could have a, a whole car that's just completely made out of hemp battery and all, you know, and make uh, Tesla a Tesla run for their money. And you know, what, how beautiful would it be if by opening the door to really engaging with this plant in a truthful way, you know, in a, in an objective way, we could open the doors for a better, greener, brighter future and, and give that a green light, um, And then you can get housing and food and all of these things. But no, because it's a drug, you know, and we've been taught it's a drug. And it's all because of a racist piece of legislation that came from overseas. It's not even an an Aotearoa or New Zealand based um, problem that created this type of legislation. It was something that had to do with racism over in the US and attacking the anti war movement back in the 60s and 70s. Now, remove that from the equation and all you have is this immense range of possibilities and all the beauty of what it could be what if we just stopped being afraid and started looking at things from a, a balanced perspective and i don't know do you have any questions till because i have another one burning a hole in my pocket but i want to kind of put it on to you
1: one one question i've actually been thinking about bro is if you were to draw a utopia, so if you were to draw a, a best case scenario in your mind in terms of what the country would look like and how we view cannabis and 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 so so legislation passes, it's been a few years. Correct some of the parts that maybe didn't work so well. What the what would that world look like to you, bro?
2: Well, I think it's like um, you know, like what the very is saying that the world of just sustainability if that's possible what we see in the you know what's really what driven say for hemp what drove that away right at the beginning was um, i think it was du- dupont you know, they started and wanted to make um, products from fuel. So I think that's where plastics and stuff came from. There were a lot of dumb decisions made way back in the day that have um, affected our environment, like stuff like that. You know, fossil fuels and plastics, you know. Now, look how much plastic's in the ocean, stuff like that. Um, but it's all, you know, when I look back at all those days, it was driven by money and a prop- probability. So they started looking at what was viable. Um, To work with hemp was a lot of manpower. Um, When they used to strip the fibres, this documentary I saw had people whipping the stalks against um, concrete poles to break the fibre apart until, you know, whacking it until it becomes like um, lashes and um, fibre. And then, um, you know, there was a, it was a huge industry, created heaps of work, um, but labour-intensive and costing heaps. And I suppose there was a lot of money going into um, paying people. And throughout our whole, you know, when we look at the society or sustainability, the sustainability triangle, or the triangle of sustainability, profit has always dominated over the environment, and the people. So going back to that way would be great. Um, how that looks is, um, you know, especially for New Zealand, um, could be a great opportunity. When we go back to cannabis, um, you know, say like the cannabis right now in the illicit market, um, it's seedless. So they're growing seedless cannabis And to take, say, New Zealand back into the hemp industry where we just got hemp fields galore, it's actually gonna push the, you know, would push the cannabis into a different space because you don't want it to get pollinated, -pollinated. cross-pollinated. So how could that look? There still has to be some sort of balance like that. Maybe that's what forces cannabis into grain. And that's what's happened through prohibition, um, you know, they're getting better and better at spotting the cannabis from the sky in the outdoor. Um, when we first started growing outdoor, we were growing in filtered sunlight, so we never went right into the open. Then over the years, we got more game and went out into the open a little bit. Next minute, we're in the open pad- patch. Next minute, we're filling that whole open patch until we're getting um, spotted by the plane, eradicated, then it's back to spot planting. Um, then they've come with drones, um, all sorts of technology from then to now, which is just forcing all outdoor growers back inside. And that's where we've pushed cannabis. How do you feel, um, to how much of like, you know, what do you sort of see? Um, can be sustainable to be like that or you know do you how do you feel do you feel the economy will just not let you know people won't let that happen because of profitability um i can only dream what it can do what about you
1: when i look at the current state of how the leg- oh, when i look at what the legislation is proposing i see a great opportunity for a great spread Of the share of the market um i think uh, i i personally think it would be a real travesty if the people who fought and bled to keep this plant around in the country were uh locked out from participation i think that would i think i think history will look very poorly on us if we do that i think the 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 way the legislation is shaped very much insinuates real opportunity for that market to be spread across a real wide base of um of cultivators and every other step in the supply chain um but things on paper and things in reality tend to tend to, to be very different from each other so i think a, a dystopia a worst case scenario would be a massive market share i know there's um a piece in the legislation that basically insinuates no one company can have more than 20 percent. i'm not sure if it's actually on the recreational yeah. or the medicinal 20 percent is fucking huge dude That's huge. You can have five companies owning one hundred percent of your market share. That's not that you know, like twenty percent is a big chunk. Um, However, the sentiment is is definitely one that I'd agree with. Where you want you want a wide range of cultivators. You want a wide range of options. You want options because with options becomes presents niche markets. With niche markets presents more opportunity for uh, for for you know niche suppliers, niche manufacturers, transport, security, whatever other aspects of the supply chain. There's opportunity for people who provide something a bit unique or a bit different to still have a place and we don't fall into the situation where when you think of a hamburger, you think of a Big Mac, and then that's the epitome. Um, I know for a fact, both from the relationship you and I have formed, but also from what I've seen since I was a teenager, that the skill set's out there. The skill set's definitely out there in terms of adequate people who can supply a market. Case in point, the fact that the black market's been around for so long and has been supplied for so long. Um, But yeah, if I I talked about what my greatest worries were, my greatest worries would be very few massive players. Um, And essentially we we end up falling down the same... Tr- <laughs> we end up having a truss tomato of, of cannabis or a Cavendish banana of cannabis where oh, there's only, you know, where, where there's where there's one dominant and then there's everything else. And everything else shares 1% of the market and the dominant guy takes the rest. Um, I, I see that as a real crime. I, I would be very gutted if that happened. I see the sentiment of the legislation proposing the opposite to that. Um, and I think it comes down to cultivating not we use this term a lot in reference to the plant but i think cultivating entrepreneurship cultivating the 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 creativity within these growers who have proven their ability to do to take massive risks and and put on their thinking caps and come up with incredibly unique ways to still come out the other end with product we need to cultivate that same level of entrepreneurship down a legal route and, and, and incentivize them to clean it up, to introduce some integrity, to introduce some accountability, and to use those same talents and skill sets they have to complement a legal market. So it would be a balancing act of taking your ability to face problems and come up with incredible ways to come around them, but also being aware of the fact that there's going to be some boundaries and that it's in your best interest for the sake of the entire industry that you work well within those boundaries I think a, an example of of something that would not be helpful for example would be legal growers acting dishonestly in order to maximize their output that although that may you you although an individual may be incentivized to do that because hey if I do this illegal grow somewhere else and try and uh blended into my legal harvest we can increase profits by x amount although that might come at a short-term win the long-term downsides are going to be great for everyone i think the media would love to just take that story to town the moment they have a grower from ruatoria who isn't working within the realms of their license and this is blatant evidence of why this legislation doesn't work and et cetera, et cetera. i mean we both have our we both have our unique or we both have our interesting uh, encounters with the media, and we got we got a sh, you know we got a slew of stories that that can kind of uh, attest to how things can uh, you know how hype or how a, a story can really cause a lot of damage and echo for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think cultivate the entrepreneur, allow them to thrive and help teach them that there's, there's there's rules and this industry that's been used to living in a place of lawlessness n- needs to learn to transition and needs to learn to fit within certain boundaries that may come at a slight cost to your ability to be f- a free spirited entrepreneur, but that in the long run, like you said, when addressing, you know, the benefits of rangatahi in the long run, it's going to pay dividends for generations, not just for you right now, yeah.
0: Well seen. And then there's also like the flip side. Hey, eh? like, how beautiful is it that having this prohibition and this war on drugs that's destroyed so many lives also has cultivated that entrepreneurship and those values that, that will make people thrive once they come out into a legal uh, market scenario? And let's be honest, the legal market is going to be a lot more cutthroat and difficult to navigate than the black market is. A lot of us um, and a lot of the, the potential uh, growers that will go over to the legal market will fail. And why, why is that? Because there's a lot more stuff to to consider. And then the thing is, with the black market, you have a lot of shitty growers and, you know with all due respect if you're cultivating cannabis there's there might be a good reason in your heart but there's a lot of um malpractice oh I, let's call it that 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 is allowed in in a black market and that is going to go down in flames if they ever wanted to go into the legal market so that will cut out all of this um potential threats of harm with cannabis by putting them into the light and saying exactly what it is that they're using to fertilize, that they're using to manage pests, that they're using to store and and et cetera. It's like all all their process is going to come into the light and be kind of tweaked into something that's healthy for everybody that's that's involved. I would love to keep talking to you uh, about the space and the work that you're doing with cannabis and mental health and your project up the coast, because that is um, a big part of what Utopia would look for me. You know, like that's... um, a beautiful copa that shows all the potential that comes from, from engaging with cannabis and in any kind of capacity. And it's a whole different kind of chapter of involvement. You know, it's not just a business anymore. It's not just a, a way of engaging with kind of healthy ways of finding a sustainable work venue. It's all about coming into a place of peace and rest and and stillness and spaciousness in which you can just allow yourself to be whatever you need to be in the moment and would you like to share a little bit with us about what your project looks like and what the role of cannabis is in, in that context? Yeah, sure. Um
2: you know to tell you how this all came about um you know one one of those you know it, it goes back to what you're just talking about before about the opportunity for people to transition into this industry and you're right, um, and right. You're right. Also, um, too much about what you're saying about it'll be very sad for people transitioning into this industry to have to go back to doing shady stuff to all for profit and stuff like that. We're hoping that this industry will be like not for profit. These options like that, because the way we look at it, we're not going for profit. We want to use cannabis. Um, profit, I should say profit then, to help the community and help things. And that's where this whole idea of this um, helping with mental health and stuff like that came about. How are we going to help people? So first of all, we want to start a cannabis company and going into the medicinal side, um, you know, we hear of the costs involved on getting a medicinal license um stuff like that when we look at the states in the earlier days um i'm just going to bring up california and Humboldt as an example um illicit growers wanted to transition into the industry some of them were allowed to come into the industry with the profits from their illegal group and because of the banking system over there, a lot of them are still on their money, so the banks won't take their money. Now, the licensing and stuff like that over there is so huge that those growers realized that they were going to lose a lot of the profit that they were normally taking home. They were taking home 100% of the profit before. Now, in what we're looking at to transition, As growers, we've already been giving stuff away over the decades to share that profit from cannabis, whether it was Salvation Army, you know, giving back to them, because a lot of us came from there where we had to get food grants and stuff. So, what better way to give back than using profits from cannabis to help them? So, there's stuff like that. Um, Sports clubs, help sports clubs in our region to grow just by helping them buy um, stuff for their uniforms, their rugby, stuff like that, because they're struggling. And trying to share that incentive amongst the other growers to to give back in some way. In our journey, we want to become a cannabis company. We carry a name, East Coast Cannabis Company. And through our journey, we've always been looking at how to get to from point A to point Z, which is this cannabis company that's what we can see in the future, helping, selling, whatever, growing. And along our journey, with, um, especially around the education part around the hemp and engaging with um, EIT, um, sustainable practices courses, a course that was the hemp course, we noticed that We're getting people coming to our area, loving what we're doing, um, and finding it as a just a place to relax, chill out, escape what's going on, talk with like-minded people. Um, Sometimes it'll be like a forum. We're just sitting there talking about whatever, like this, like what we're doing right now. You know, was it was a um, it was growing um, a great um Aura about it, that it's a safe place to be. Now, during that, we had this one guy, um late 40s, he was getting bullied. A guy in his late 40s getting bullied and he was escaping everything and just coming to the site and working. Work all day when he was tired, he would go sleep in the shade. He would consume cannabis to pick himself up a bit. He would go again. He was escaping the reality of what was happening in his life because he felt safe in that environment. Um, Then came my son, going through all his problems of him trying to be the best at everything he was doing, you know, to try. And he overloaded, went out... Um, committed some crimes, um, spray painting, but the adrenaline made him feel better. And during his time of um, waiting to be sentenced, going through court, and all that, he was quite depressed and anxious. And um, his mother really pushed for him to seek help with um, pills. And when he took these pills, he was feeling funny, that's what he told me sweaty and all that, he didn't like it so um, but coming to the site and him being like that he found a place where he'd just want to be by himself so made him a little sanctuary um, to help how he was feeling with his anxiety, with his depression now along that journey um, I started seeing the pattern that there were people coming there that have got things going on in their life that they need release or escape from, or just to be there for someone to give them or someone to listen for one, and to maybe capture something from the corridor that's going on, or the feelings they're getting around them, or the sights, or the smells, or the what they feel there. To push them past that boundary that they had, and when I went home to talk to my partner um, Kenny about it, she said, The centuries ain't, and was like what what's that? unless she just said it's basically a chill out space, so we started realizing that like I started seeing these ones with um they're having their problems and trying to feed them more. Even if it was just go there and talk or to listen, um, comfort them in that way, not go up and give them a hug because some people don't like that. Some people don't like to be touched. So it's just at least trying to break the ice a little bit. So um, we're getting out of our own comfort zone of being men, staunch men, and um, worrying about other people's feelings, how they're feeling. And... It's a growth in ourselves from being in a place like Ruatoria where it's quite a staunch place to um, you know, actually giving uh um a stuff about how other people feel. So we had um Natipura Haura just come up because the lady who's the um, CEO, her son, came to he actually came to our plot for a week just slept there on site under a tree and on his mattress. So they took a tent as well. Um, He was going through domestic problems and um, came to our spot to chill out. Didn't really give up what he was there for. But then I started noticing that after, you know, six days, should this guy still here? And um, anyway, he went away. Like he went away and then he sent me a, you know, a thing on Facebook to a post, put a post up saying, "Oh, it was Mickey, you know, healing to me, to me." And he went and told his mum. Now he brought his mum to the site just to see what we were doing, what we were trying to create around, what we were trying to do for Rangatahi. And um, while they were there, this group, um, the discussion came up about the century zones because they're looking at this hammock chair, swinging chair. And, uh, oh, what's that for? And then started telling them about um, one of the ladies that were on the hemp course, came one day. Um, I could see she was down, and normally her and I, you know, have a good cordial. And so I went over to see her, and what I, uh, she wasn't really talking, but I I funny like, two days before that in Gisborne, I had seen her on the side of the road talking to a police officer right next to a car accident. So I asked her, you know, what's going on? Um, long story short, um, one of her whanau had been involved with the accident and she was quite traumatised by it. So because she was in this um, zone where, you know, I wanted to just like off her and give her a hug, but it was too early for that. I sort of tell her about that um, swinging chair, that hammock. Can sit in it, chill out? It's a sensory zone, you know, we're we just sort of saying that name a lot sensory zone, this sensory zone, that. And um, she did. Um, the, the group left later. Um, I was busy doing something and didn't see her again. But that night, when I come back into reception, as um, there's no reception at the plot for my phone, um, I get a couple of messages from the EIT saying how that lady had gone into the office. Um, the office lady saw how she was down earlier, she came back quite happy, relaxed, chilled, and started talking about this sensory zone. And um, when I told these people from the Ho order that they wanted to help our co-papa in a way um, with some funding that was coming into um, coming into effect and it was a one-off funding and really it was what they said for us is we can give you this one off funding, won't be much money. Or we can use that funding for someone to write your story so that we could use that story to apply for funding. Um, they went away and thought a lot more about it and then came back to me with um, that there was some funding coming up through the mental health, um, through a group called Te Order, Ora, and that they would like to apply for it on our behalf, targeting sensory zones. So they reached out, got the funding, and a partnership between. Um, Mahiati Charitable Trust, which is our trust that we run under, and Ngati Pro Haura, called uh, Te Aka Matua or Io title. And it's a connection for these people that are coming out of the mental health system. It's something out of the organization where these people can come and engage and not being treated as dummies or, or things like that or, or you know, not be judged and um where they could come freely, engage with whatever we had to do, even though um they said these people at most times are heavily medicated. So it was a uh, for Nazi pro Holder it was exciting that the community were trying to do something that can help in a way help their people and um, last week two weeks ago was um, mental health week Aotearoa and their group came um, a group of them came to the site and it was hard case because uh, I shouldn't say hard case but I knew out of um, you know all of them I knew 99% of the ones that came through my growing up around here and to those people it's like yesterday You know, they can talk to you about things that happened 20 years ago as if it was yesterday and so they're all asking me stuff and it was like they're asking me stuff from 20 years ago and oh started I still live there? You live over there eh Prorangi? Oh now nah, I remember you used to have that thing car. so um, straight away had something to interact with these people and they came. We planted um herbs and spices and um companion plants for their own special area. And I have invited them to keep coming to engage with the Kopper, with the hemp Kopper, to engage with the Mara Ko the natives, the veggies, the herbs, everything. So um it's keeping them coming and they are all interested in coming again because while they're there they also say hey this you know just feels safe here um a beautiful feeling about the place the it's not what we're creating the place is creating itself we're only just chipping away and it's falling into place so that's been how our whole journey is it seems to be falling into place the land fell into place, um, my ex-boss um, was down the work, uh, road working with a digger and got that dropped off to help start the whole thing. Um, then funding came from Te Puni Kōkiri for Marakai and Rangatahi and EIT started engaging more um, and then it's grown into century Zones our journey is just going to keep growing as we go along. There's no set plan and we can't think of we're going to only do this because next time I see you or we talk, there could be a new kaupapa on the go. And it's just along our journey, we see things that need um, help now. Not in three to five years' time. If we make profit, they need help now. Rangatahi need help now for development, education, for mahi, for life skills. Uh, people with, um, what's the best word to say? It? Um, I don't like to say issues, but people with, oh, we could say disabilities, um, and hoping that people don't think it's just mental disability or physical or intellectual. Um, people that have things going on in their life um you know, we've we've looked at that and want to target that because they need help and there are people around us that we love and um have friendships with and you know it's it's like hey, I'll do anything to help you because I like you, you boost my aura, things like that. So that's how our journey is. That's what the sensory zones are. Um at the moment, the funding, which was twenty five thousand dollars. Was to build an outdoor kitchen and shelter area so that you can come and have wine under there, cook a kai. Um, Also some hammocks, um, swinging chairs, um, things for the senses like different um, smelling flowers, lavenders, um, magnolia, port wine, or um, you know, daphnes, um, baronias, things like that that create smell. Um, for the site, a lookout area with table and chairs, um, shade cloths, stuff like that, where you can just go chill out. A water feature where you can hear the noise of the water for calming effects or see the water or put your feet in the water or see eels in the pond from um, the results of water preservation or, or creek preservation. There's so much to tap into it. Um, with what we want to do there's just not enough money um so that's what we're sort of doing to just to create something for the people that want to engage with our coppa and um that's how we're going to get them to come it's not like um it's going to be an open thing where people can walk off the street it's you want to come in and uh, this is the whole kaupapa it's marakai it's natives it's hemp it's earth build it's off-grid looking at off-grid solutions it's learning carpentry skills or basic skills or life skills um it's about century zones it's about it's about everybody it's not about me it's i'm just walking the talk to create it for many um because there's not very many people um around me in this area where i live That are keen to get up off their butts to come out and do this. Um, So that's what's sort of happening. It's a flow and effect of just passion and hoping that it won't fail. I'm not in it to fail. Um, I'll be happy, you know, even if New Zealanders know it doesn't stop the kopapa that we're building. You know, we might not get direct, but we can still grow hemp. We can still do education. We can still do mara and still keep this K-popper going. We don't have to pull a hissy fit and oh, New Zealand votes no FUs and then pull out of it. That's not the goal. The goal is still to carry on doing what we're doing and utilize what we've got around us to promote well-being. Mm, that's
1: about it. I'm going to begin wrapping up here, bro, because I've got to get back to Emma. I've got to go get get to my wife and make sure I keep her keep her in love with me. But... um. Before I go, bro, I've got to give you a big mihi. You know, there's, a of times, there's been a couple of times in, in this portal where you've brought up giving your IP to Dangatahi as a baseline. And I think you're doing a real disservice to yourself and the quality of the information by even insinuating it's a baseline. Now, as a person who's had the privilege of growing as rangatahi and legally directly under your tutelage, and who's also got to see throughout the country the different hemp and cannabis operations that are that are legal operations that are occurring I can attest I can I can give firm testimony that the the IP that you have to offer far exceeds a baseline and and it is it is uh, <laughs> you're equipping Rangatahi with a lot more than just the skills to have a, an opportunity you' you're you're showing a much better way of wanting to do it and so I do have to give you a big mahi for that bro. It's clear we got a whole lot of content. We have to do this again. I'm, I'm about to shoot out to go grab Emma, but uh, and leave you with Lobo. But we got to do this again. There's clearly a ton of content we can go through. There's clearly so much more content to go through. And bro, you need to do another. You need to do another hoodie print. All right. Every time I wear it and yes. go into town, I'm constantly being questioned where where people can get one from. Yes. So let me know. Let me know because every person who buys a hoodie is another is another person who's clearly supporting that 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 mm. to the degree that they know it of and so it's a real privilege bro to get to uh, to talk with you and flesh out some more more of the co-pupper. and hopefully a lot of people who listen to this come out with a much more kind of firm understanding of the type of things that are going on the coastline the type of things that 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 are up and coming and can start understanding the reason for the all this excitement um but yeah love you brother thank you heaps for your time, Lovely, your mind, me. for all of it, bro. Uh Keep in touch with me, alright. We got we got a lot to talk about. Cop on, my
2: brother. Thank you for those beautiful words, and keep your balance with your wife. Um, that's the main thing in, in life too is, is keeping balance with everything around you. now me here, and we will catch up soon, my brother. Love to the far new. Keep safe.
0: Yeah, I have very very little to add to that, other than to say. I am so excited about everything that you're doing, bro. And and talking, you know, y- you describe your, your site and, and everything that you're doing. And, and I, you know, I keep telling you, I, I just need to get up there. Uh, I was recently in Rangitukia and I had to force myself to not stop by Ruatoria and check out how you're going and, and just pay you a visit. Uh, also, I knew that, that you kind of were uh, touring around the country with uh, some interviews and stuff. So man, just uh thank you really for, for sharing your vision, your your path, your your white wall with us, bro, because it's 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 motivating. It it's captivating. It's something that really brings a sense of reality and relevance and like a a three-dimensionality to the thing, you know. We we tend to be portrayed as black and white and and you know good or evil and your quoteo just brings a whole depth to the whole thing you know it's it's not about any of those it's all about the passion it's all about how you take things and how you how you transform them in, into opportunities into just life lessons and and all of these things really just resonate through your message very privileged to be able to in any way get this out there because it's just invaluable. there's there's no end to to the things that we can achieve with people motivated as you are in and, and driven and and just completely passionate and unique. The role that you've decided to take into the community, it really resonates with with everything that I would love to see in a in a better future. so. Thank you for being that person that's leading the way. Also, if people wanted to go and find more about you and what you're doing, uh, if you want to share with us where we can go and find you through social media or through, do you have a website or anything where people can go and and take a look at what, what is it that, that you're talking about in a more kind of visible way, look at pictures, look at stories from other people, look at what you've been doing with TARP, all of these things.
2: Yeah, I'm doing, um, you know, just doing a little bit of stuff on social media um, through E3C. So that's just um, E with the number three and C, which stands for the East Coast Cannabis Company. Um, I need to keep updating that with what we're doing with our journey. Um, From there, um, people can see my... Um, name and stuff there and they can send me a, a PM um, we also have uh, Instagram East Case Cannabis Company New Zealand and um, you know you can follow a bit of stuff on there too um, we're getting into the process of making a website and stuff like that it just it it comes like stuff happens when it happens and it happens for a reason so um, I did try and push earlier for a website um, through my son who does IT stuff but I guess the timing wasn't ready And and as for us catching up, bro, Mm -hmm. don't stress on it. Um, You know, just go with the flow. It'll happen when it happens, and I reckon that when it does happen, there'll be a lot more for like a lot more would have been done for you to see, and it'll be the time you'll be perfect. So, um, you know, really thank you for your time, and you know for your for your listeners that follow you and listen to these great um, podcasts, and like I said, if there's um, you know anything that I can do to help, or if people want to just talk, or understand a few things, or um, want to teach me a few things, um, I'm keen. And those are probably the easiest um, ways to get a hold of me is just message us through East Coast Cannabis on um, Instagram or E3C on Facebook.
0: Massive. Hmm. We, we're also trying to talk to, you know, people that are opposed to cannabis, people that have, you know, had traumatic experiences and have had family kind of had a bad uh, time through with cannabis and all of these things, because it's about having a balanced cordero where everybody gets a, gets a piece of, of their mind into the mix and we can make a, one big soup of um, what it is that Aotearoa understands for cannabis. But is this is a, just a very juicy piece to to add to the mix. Uh, thank you for that. And yeah, again, thank you for everything that you're doing, Totoko bro. Any Anything else that you want to add to like a, a final message for uh, our Fano out there?
2: Just to keep safe, Fano, um, keep safe out there and vote yes, vote yes in the referendum. If, even if you're in two minds and wanting to vote no, Vote yes to have your say on how things should look and to bring the issues that you want into context, into the light. Um, Voting no doesn't help anything. And I'm not saying that because I'm pro-cannabis. It's just that's the bigger picture. If we say no, we'll never get a chance to do this. Nothing will change. The black market will get worse Here's an opportunity to make a change. Um, to you, my brother, thank you very much um, for your time. Um, beautiful to always um it all with you, spend time with you, and and you know, even just to hear your way to it too, just to have a break away from what I'm doing. Um it's been a beautiful day today, a beautiful night um talking with you and in, in much And um just job bless. Job bless you, my brother. Job bless the bro and look forward to living um our life ahead of us with certainty on, on where this um cannabis um, industry can go
0: jobless bro thank you for joining us today on green light we hope you enjoyed the kúrero, and if you want to hear more from us you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Greenlight light as well as any of your podcasting apps where you can leave a review and share with your fana through social media, word of mouth, or any of your networks. We really appreciate you joining us, and we hope you have a great day. We'll see you on the next one.